So, um, I, I'm spending the night. I don't know if I've told you this. Oh, does that explain the luggage that you brought in when you came in and the rolling chair and everything else? Yeah, my, my husband came home with, um, food poisoning, so I've just decided I'm, uh, I'm not going home. You know, if you had told me that when you walked in the door, I would have had you do the Lysol shower first. You know, he ate bad food. Lysol shower. It's not contagious. Lysol shower. You were around vomit, you get the Lysol shower. Yeah, he didn't even make it into the apartment, poor guy. And he can... I got him Gatorade and some crackers. He's okay for a couple of days. <laughs> well, and the rain will take care of any lingering mess outside of the apartment. So. Yeah, what, what the heck? It's like August in Dallas and it's been raining in the 70s. It's usually like 110 and... Dude, you're telling me my birthday's in less than three days now, four days, and I'm usually inside blessing whoever invented the air conditioner unit and fondling our air conditioning vents because that's how I stay alive. Well, and you are a horrible redhead, so the sun just, you know, burns you to like a bacony crisp. Hi, this is Katie Gibbs, and we're talking about art, I swear. And I'm Vanessa Van Alstein, and we're bacon. Okay, I got it. Yeah. We, already, we already did that podcast. Uh, oh, bacon. Um, so before we get into today's subject, which would be Bob Ross, because we wanted a little lighthearted and fun, uh, topics after we did Francis Bacon and Lee Bowery and the rest of our series, um, we had a news story that we thought might interest you, our listeners. It's about Peter Doig. We decided it's Doig. I don't know that that's... D-O-I-G, you can send us your interpretations of pronunciation later. Bonus if this is footage of you doing a dance. Yeah, extra bonus. I just, I, I really want to say too, like, Doig is the funnest name ever. Doig, Doig, Doig. Doig, 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 Doig. Yeah, and that's exactly, I feel sorry for him. And I say this as somebody whose maiden name was Good. Why didn't I go back to that? Oh, I wonder. So, uh, what happened with Mr. Doig? Apparently he did LSD. I don't know why they felt that they needed to throw that into the start of the article. Um, and you might have heard about this. He's getting sued because he says a painting isn't his. So, wait, what? Yeah, um... The painting's this, like... It's, like, kind of an okay, slightly surrealist modernist landscape i mean everything's very obvious in it um so it's not like salvador dolly but and it apparently somebody bought it um if doig did it it's worth a whole bunch of money if doig didn't do it it's worth what someone will pay for it and that's probably not a whole lot unless they just kind of happen to like it and are at an auction next to somebody or goodwill right so basically there's a court case in chicago chicago and i believe this is uh a jailer or somebody who works in a jail owns this painting and he claims that Doig did this painting in his very early years while he was in jail. Now, Doig says that, obviously, I did not do it, I was not there, this is not mine. 
Now, normally this type of case would be thrown out just on that basis. If the artist said they didn't do it, then they didn't do it. Yeah, because how do you prove you didn't do something? Well, the judge in Chicago decided to let the case go. Like, to, to trial. Like, Peter Doig has to prove that he was not in that area and did not paint that painting. I like to I like to be part of that like tri- court trial. I just I want to hear the defense. It's like I didn't do it. I never painted it. Just like right now, I am not painting a painting. I did not paint that painting. Part of it centers on the fact that Dwight actually wasn't in the area the jail was at at the time, but now he's actually having to verify that. And I believe this like painting was done in the 70s or 80s. I mean, hell, it could even be the 90s. The point is, you shouldn't have to go back and verify 20, 30 years ago where we, where you were at to say that you didn't paint a piece. Well, and what's... Now, so you're probably going like, well, why does anybody even care? Once again, it's the money here. When something... And there's a really good documentary if you want to watch something that kind of explains this and how they research it. It's a documentary called who the censored and it's like junk characters is jackson pollock and it's about a woman named terry horton who was a truck driver and everybody likes to laugh about how she has an eighth grade education and she walked into a goodwill and bought what she thought was a completely hideous painting uh to like give to a friend and her friend didn't want it so she turned around and was going to sell it at a garage sale and one of the local art teachers comes up and goes, I don't think you realize this, but there's a chance it's a Jackson Pollock. Did it turn out? There is some forensic, and you kind of have to watch the documentary, there's some forensic evidence that points at, yes, this may be a Jackson Pollock, it may be a forgery, but the forgery, worth a couple thousand dollars. If it's a Pollock, it's worth... Couple millions, tens of millions least. to hundreds of millions of dollars. I think the last one sold at auction was in the hundred and fifty million range. So some of, some of the things about this, Doig would have been sixteen when this was painted. Yeah, roughly. This is too good for a six. And also, the the medium was acrylic paint. He never used acrylic paint on canvas. Um, it's all these little things that Doig is like, this is not anything that I would have ever done. Um, but somehow the judge is letting it go to trial. Like, I think he's just bored and wants to see what happens. Well, and, you know, this is the other thing, too. Like, just because an artist did it, it doesn't mean that it's as valuable as their other work. For example... A Picasso from his Cubist period, where he's doing some of his most famous work, worth a whole lot more money than the doodle he made when he was, like, ten. Right. And you can literally buy Picassos from when he was a child, but they're not worth much. He's not at the height of his career. He's not doing very good work. And then, like, who cares about, you know, Picasso's picture of a horsey? (laughs) <laughs> Look, mommy horsey. Look, mommy horsey. I did a really good job. Um, I will play devil's advocate here, or or another side of the spectrum on this is that even with this, if it's not a doig, even with the attention that this painting is garnering, it's still going to up the value some, because people are going to be like, oh, it was a controversial piece. Now it's worth... 5000 instead of three. It's not going to up it that much. Right, but... 
to oh, and that's that's kind of what the Horton ran into. She uh, the Pollock that she thought she had, um, because it was in a documentary and being filmed and such. There were offers that were like well below what she wanted to receive, which I think was fifty million. And that was just because, oh, hey, it's a controversial piece of art. And she turned them down because she's like, no, I want the 50 million. The other thing you run into, maybe he's embarrassed by this painting. It doesn't fit with his other work. Um, Although he says in this article by the New York Times that he would have claimed that piece were it his because it was pretty good. Yeah, but you don't... For a 16-year-old. Yeah, no, if the 16-year-old painted that, I mean, pat on the back. And there's some kids that have that kind of talent, but it's not... I want to smack them. I mean, I love them. Oh, yeah, like, we should do a nightmare podcast about kids that paint realistically and how great people think that is. Anyways, what I was saying is, you know, like with the Pollock one that Horton had... The, there's a very limited amount of those paintings, especially because there's a lot of them that are in storage because they're falling apart. We've mentioned this in other podcasts. So the people that own Pollocks are the wealthy elite. If you own a Pollock, you're like a special wealthy collector. And they don't want rogue Pollocks coming in. And like his pieces, he literally traded for groceries before he became wealthy and famous. So there are rogue Pollocks out there, or it's very likely that there are rogue Pollocks out there, and there might be a rogue doig out there. There literally was a Michelangelo hanging in, like, I think they were Appalachian, like, middle-class families' house that, you know, they brought over from the old world, and oops, it turned out it really actually was a Michelangelo. This stuff does happen. It's very, very rare. Don't start camping out at Goodwill praying for fortune. All I can think of is you keep saying rogue paintings, and I all I can think of is video game mode. They've gone rogue! We must hunt them down! And then getting on your, you know, first-person shooter and start hunting down rogue paintings. When I got here, she was playing, like, the Lego superhero game. Don't judge me. That stuff's awesome. It's... I... So my problem with it is, like, you murder the other little Lego people and collect their wallets, basically. <laughs> That's not superheroes! That's the Joker. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with this. My moral spectrum is skewed. Oh, what is it? We had a... My husband and I lived with a friend for a while, and we taught her kid to hold a rubber knife and say, uh, cell phone, keys, wallet, now. And we're like, that's how you pay for college. And she was just like, I'm going in the other room. <laughs> the kid thought it was hilarious. I think it's hilarious. I'm also glad you didn't teach my kids that because they'd use it on me. Well, this is the other thing. Like, maybe we were actually giving that kid a life skill he was going to learn anyways. That's fair. All right. So, on to topic du jour. Uh, Bob Ross. Du jour, like the mayonnaise? Yeah, du jour. Or no mustard. It's a that's, mustard. Yeah. That's du jour. <laughs> if it ain't gray poupon, I ain't eating it. Uh, pardon me, do you have any crappy mustard? So, Bob Ross. Now, like I said, light and fluffy. Yeah, light and fluffy. How can you get happier than happy trees? We were going to have a special guest host who was going to research. And then turned out to be a lying nine-year-old. She's not nine yet. She'll be nine next week. 
I'm crying still. Uh, my daughter has decided to, instead of sitting with us, this wonderful communal podcast that we could all throw together and she could be part of, she wants to play with her friends for the last weekday of summer. You can't see it, but I'm air quoting. I'm, I'm just sad that Minnie Katie didn't want to hang out with me today. If anyone, she looks like the hubs. She definitely... She looks like your husband, but that is your child. I'm so proud. I'm proud, too. Right down to her weird love of tacky neon socks. Hi, dog. We see your paw under the door. That would be her tail. That's her tail. She shoved her tail under... Okay, we got we got a Bob Ross. <laughs> who, who would have appreciated this because he liked animals? <laughs> I'm so glad we have a new editor now. Thank you, editor. I don't know that she'll edit this out because it's hilarious. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, we've gotten a lot of suggestions recently. Also, I want to add this. Thanks. Keep them coming. Um, I will say, if you don't know this, we kind of skew towards contemporary or modern art. She's a pre-Columbian major. So, if you Hi. have questions about, like, Guatemala or Mexico... Teotihuacan! We can, we can do that. Um, when, it, when it comes to, like obscure renaissance painters maybe we'll find somebody to interview if you want to hear interviews hit us up uh if you want us to interview you and you have credentials as to podcastery art history and anything therein please let us know you can email us in the links below also if you'd like me to interview my drunken folk artist friend chicken george just let me know no don't i mean you don't have to be there yeah, I'm kind of afraid of the two of you together. It's already happened. I it, And it all ended up on Regretsy, if anybody knows what that page is. Or used to be. Anyway, Aww. yeah, I miss it. All right, so who was Bob Ross? Happy Little Trees. Happy Little Trees. He was a TV personality who painted, um, kind of had a, like, Mr. Roger-like quality where he was, like, this kind of laid-back hippie dude who never seemed to, like, really get angry and just was really enjoying life and... Painting landscapes. And the afro. Who could forget that afro? And it was like the shining halo of art that surrounded his head. He, I didn't know this. He apparently was born in 1942 in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not shocked that he's a Floridian, but... He does fit the Florida man profile. I know. Is Bob Ross Florida man? That's up later. Maybe not. Um, so Bob Ross was heavily featured on, uh, PBS, which is the public broadcasting system. Um, we, d we feel the need to explain this for non-United States people. So PBS is a non-profit station in the United States that focuses on educational and cultural programming. So their scope is allowed to be a little bit more lenient than, say, TV channels that go for money. Yeah, they're not they're not serving a demographic as much as like American Broadcasting Company ABC or the National Broadcasting Company NBC or if you were British, your little BBC does. Um, I will say I get my news from there. Mad props. Yeah, it, it feels like it's more authentic when people with British accents say it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it applies to anything. Like, you could just read us instructions off of the back of a, like, badly written Chinese product manual, and we'd be like, okay, that, sound, that sounds awesome. 
That that must be accurate That's, because the British people told us that. Install the plug with much joy in the socket of the wall. I just have to say that the British can't be all bad. They came up with Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch. And All Right, Scotland came up with David Tennant. And do you need a towel? I'm going to need a minute. I'll be in my bunk. I'm scared. Jillian, cut some of the silence here because she just scares me and I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Hi, Jillian. Okay, so PBS is a little controversial because it's partly funded by the United States government. Um, a lot of people feel like it's a little too liberal and so the government shouldn't be paying for that. Mm. Uh, it's also funded by a lot of your donations. And if you've grown up in the United States and you ever watched PBS as a kid, you can remember the phonathons that they would host where they would sit there and beg for money for 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever so that they could keep their programming going. And then they'd promise you all sorts of lovely incentives if you donated. And you're like, don't send me the incentive. Here's the money. Don't spend the money on this like ridiculous coffee cup. Right, I'm just going to really... send you money. Here's the money. Just please just take it. And this is the host of shows like Sesame Street, which focuses heavily on children's um, education. education. Mr. Rogers was on PBS and The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. And the other benefit of PBS is it provides free cultural programming and information to poor and underprivileged parts of America. And it exposes children who otherwise wouldn't experience culture to things like theater and painting and travel and they do it, a lot of travel shows and things like Sesame Street enhance their education when their school systems might not be the best funded or their pre-k system just is your mom sitting there smoking cigarettes get me my cigarettes that's terrible poor people try hard and kick you <laughs> like we're wealthy anyways um, I will say if you want to watch a contemporary art history show that'll give you some information on artists, Art 21 is really good. I occasionally watch them for these podcasts. It's a lot drier than what we do, though. Because <laughs> they take themselves seriously. God. What's that like? I don't know. So, <clears throat> is Bob Ross Florida man? Well, Bob Ross was born in Florida. He lost a finger working with his father as a carpenter. Whereas if, I feel like if he was Florida man, like man, if he was Florida man, like that meme, he would like have lost the finger, like, you know, smoking bath salts and riding a bear. Do you need to explain what Florida man is to our beloved it, listeners? Do, do you know how every time you hear about some kind of like goofy news event, it's Florida man caught mud wrestling an alligator out in front of the local mcdonald's florida man chews off the face of passing of passers-by high on bath salts yeah it, it's always like florida man bob ross i think was too nice to be florida man and he was way too nice but what's what's funny is what bob ross's pre-art career was he was a master sergeant in the u.s air force so basically for the United States Air Force, he was very high up. I tried to read something that explained that to me in a way that we could convey it to you. 
but we're touchy-feely art majors who never served in the military. Nor did we have anyone close serve in the military, really. You know, airman good would have been okay, but if I'd have joined the army, it would have been private good. And then if I'd have joined the navy, it would have been seaman good. And we're just going to keep talking now. Mm. Uh, So during his military career, uh, Mr. Ross spent a lot of time in Alaska. And you can see that influence in a lot of his work when he started painting. He said he thought that the mountains were particularly inspiring. And, you know, there's a couple of things in the United States that I regret that I've gotten in my mid-30s and never seen. Uh, The Grand Canyon, the... um, Jillian cut some of the silence. Those really big trees in Oregon, uh, the... Redwoods? The Redwoods. I would really like to see the Redwoods. I would love to see Alaska in the spring before it's all the bugs come out, not during the snows, and I want bear mace because I'm really freaked out by bears. <laughs> and they can tell your fear. They will hunt you down. I know, right? I watched that Timothy Treadwell documentary, and I'm like, that's what you get. That's what you get. That's what you get for hanging out with bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy pants. Anyway, Bob Ross, moving on. Uh, so during his time in the military, he had to be angry and he had to yell and he had to shout orders at people and he hated it. Can you imagine getting yelled at by Bob Ross? He did. I want to assume he didn't have the trademark Afro at the time. No, that gets covered in here. You really read this outline in great detail. I didn't know the origins of the Afro. (laughs) The origins of the Afro will be explained after this commercial break. No, we don't have any sponsors. Please sponsor us. Contact us if you want to sponsor this podcast. So, uh, during his service, he received training uh, on the wet paint method from the host of The Magic of Oil Painting, hosted by a German painter named Bill Alexander, which is the least German name I can think of. I know. I, I just assume he like changed it from like Gustav or something. Wilhelm Alexander. Wilhelm Alexander. I can see that. This sounds okay. like a bad anime character from like Helsing. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, so Ross was married twice and had several children. One of his sons has continued on his uh, or painting. Yeah. <laughs> There are no accidents, just happy little... Children? Yeah, something That's how you at least got one ear, I think. Birth control doesn't always work. Fun fact, kids. Uh, He was also a big country music fan and performed at the Grand Ole Opry with Hank Snow. I don't know who Hank Snow is because I've never... I barely know what the Grand Ole Opry is. I'm a really horrible Texan. I like some old country and I like Katie Lang, but we're that. Mm. I didn't think Katie Lang was country. She's actually country. She considers herself a country singer. I guess everybody evolves. Yeah. <laughs> Ross died on July 4th, 1995 at the age of 52 of lymphoma. He was preceded slightly by his second wife, who he was married to the longest. <clears throat> um, and he he kept up the painting shows right up until like he just couldn't work anymore from the cancer. And when he died, most of his paintings went to charity or to PBS for more fun drives, so they could garner more money, so they could host more shows. 
So, Katie, do you want to cover the famous afro? <gasps> the famous afro? He got it because he, it was cheaper than haircuts and then regrettably had to keep it because it was so, I think enigmatic is the wrong word, but trademark, charismatic. It's, you know. Well known with his character. It's, it's, it's just him, man. Like, that magic smiling face, that slightly shaggy beard, and that big old glowing afro halo, man. But could you imagine that? Like, you get this, like, crappy, cheap haircut, because you're like, I just, I'm so poor. And then you have to keep it. And you look like a cotton ball for the rest of your life. I'm not, anybody who has an afro, I love it, keep it, but... Yeah, no, Bob it, Ross looked like a cotton ball. Well, and he did not like it. That's the thing. Like, And, you know, I am married to a man who, if he let it grow out, would have a giant blonde afro and hates it as well. I keep trying to convince him to just embrace who he is and accept his hair, but... It's not working. It's not working. It's, and because it's not working, that's why he got food poisoning, that dick. I dated a guy who would have had white boy afro had he let his hair go natural. Instead, he shellacked it down to oh, his Oh, I remember that. Oh. I always wanted to, like, throw things at it to see if they'd, like, ping off and blind people. They would. Yeah. I tried. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, the next part's gonna make us a little unpopular with our listeners because we're gonna tell you, tell you a secret about old Bob Ross. Not we. You. This This is all you. You're, yeah, you would throw me before the bus. I see that's, how it is. That's right. That's why you're basically family. You Nobody screws you over like family. Um, Bob Ross is... She just threatened to lick me again. Keep, keep your spitty little meat nub in your mouth. Um... Okay, so here, here's the bad news, guys. This is this is just me. This is me being true. This is some throwing some truth at you. Bob Ross is not a very good painter. And I say this, I'd totally buy a Bob Ross out of just love and how kitschy it is. But I am a weird mofo. Um, you know, he used that wet wet method he learned from Bill Alexander on the TV show. Um. And Alexander actually like tried to sue him and claimed that he stole it and da 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 da. This is a method that's been going on since like the Renaissance. So there, the likelihood that Ross actually stole this tile it's is impossible. No. There's if you're not going to come up with a new innovative way to use oil paints, I hate to tell you that. Um, but Ross's method it's it's good for learning to like blend and manipulate oil paint, which is if you're going to paint in a classical method, you have to do, but, uh, it's, it's very like high contrast. He does use some middle tones, but it's mostly relying on like a very light light and a very dark dark to show you where things are. And yes, that's used very well in like Dutch candlelight style, but Bob Ross doesn't have that kind of skill. Um, Happy little trees, Vanessa. And a lot of his money was made certifying teachers. He sells his own art supplies. I occasionally still see Bob Ross paints at Michael's. I don't know if Michael's is nationwide, but... Um, or your local craft store. So it's... He wasn't really making a lot of money off of the paintings or the TV show itself. It's the marketing that he did do. 
otherwise. Um, he also kind of keeps every... The focus of the paintings tends to be pretty much dead center, which is very amateurish. The composition is always symmetrically balanced, whereas asymmetry is more difficult. Um, and there's, there's nothing very challenging about it. And not that all art has to be challenging, but... It's not innovative. And if you look at, like, you know, if you, if you scroll up, Katie, and look at this collage I did, I have, like, six mountain paintings by him that have mountains at different seasons, and it's just all kind of the same thing over and over. He's not pushing himself as an artist. But I will say, if this is kind of the same technique that uh, spray paint artists use at like malls and tourist traps where they'll like spray down a solid color and keep adding colors and masking it off and then scrape. And it produces some like fun, really trippy art. I would spend like five or ten bucks on it just because, like I said, I, I like really kitschy things, but hmm. it that doesn't make it good. <laughs> As defined in the art world. As defined in the art. I'm, I'm using my art education to summarize and hand this to you to look at. Um, like I said, you, you like what you like. I'm not I'm not here to judge. It's uh, There's going to be no Bob Ross paintings that I'm aware of that will generate a lot of money at auction. That was the next point. Um, that Bob, his work's just not highly valued. Um, and this is one of those, like, Pawn Stars moments where I'm sure people are like, but he was on TV! No, he m made an estimated somewhere between 30,000 and 35,000 paintings. Prolific. Remember when we said earlier that there are maybe a hundred Pollocks left from the height of his fame? That's a hundred. We're talking about thirty-five hundred. This is why things that are mass-produced thirty-five thousand. That's I, why things that are mass-produced don't get the kind of money that you're looking for. Yeah, it. Like you're I, not going to get Pollock money for a Ross. That's why. That's why, like you know, if you collect toys, the limited edition lines of like fifteen to twenty are always going to be worth more than the ones that are sold at target sorry mm -hmm. sorry guys it's uh my husband collects star wars figures and yes yes i know this now how could a ross ever be worth a lot of money it would probably have to be one from tv like that he actually painted on the tv and you'd have to be able to prove that it would have to be like enough time would have have to have passed where tens of thousands of these paintings have been destroyed or lost and Bob Ross would have to remain important enough for the paintings to accrue value. So we're talking about hundreds of years. And this is assuming that they'll even hold up at that time. So is there anything good about Bob Ross now that you've done thrown him under the bus? You know what? Part of what made me interested in art as a kid was Bob Ross. I will say that painting didn't seem as scary because Bob Ross could do it. Yeah, and it big part of it was his persona, but like I would get up in the morning and I on Saturdays and I would make my sister insane by watching Bob Ross after I was done with uh what is it a uh, 
Mystery Science Theater and uh, Kids in the Hall. It was Bob Ross time after that. And uh, it was always Garfield and Friends for me. I can see where our <laughs> where our nurturing years were a little different. I was I was never a normal child. Oh, <laughs> but we love you. I love me too. That's just taken me most of my adult life to get there. Um. So, you know, my favorite point here is that Vanessa wrote Bob Ross has lulled many an insomniac to sleep. Yeah, dude. If you just need something to relax to, Bob Ross and How Stuff Works, just like the dulcet tones of their voices, the narrator on that show's voices and Bob Ross will just be like, I'm ready to like sleep forever in this happy world where things are efficiently done. It's very soothing and very calm and very... He doesn't raise his voice and he doesn't get angry. He just has happy little accidents that turn into trees and we're just yeah, gonna make this okay. a tree if you get this line a little crooked well trees don't grow straight yeah he's like what you want your grandpa to be Aww. oh i know right um he will also teach you how to correctly use brushes and palette knives and how to clean them because that been beating the brush on the legs of his easel was a big part of the show uh, yeah and I'm going to tell you this, if you enroll in a university art class and you think they're going to teach you how to use your brushes right, you might be surprised. Hmm. You might be a poor college student if. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Ross was also very passionate about animal conservation, and he featured a lot of rescue animals on his show. If you're in Florida and a squirrel steals your french fries and you're like... Oh, man, stupid Florida squirrel. You know what? That that squirrel, one of his ancestors, he may have been saved by Bob Ross. Did Bob Ross save the Florida squirrel? You know what? I like to think that Bob Ross saved the Florida squirrel. We, 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 uh, we, we attribute a lot of, like, superhuman feats to that horrible Walker, Texas Ranger guy who's, like, a homophobic bigot. You know what? Who you want Walker, Texas Ranger to be? Bob Ross actually was. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. But it's true. He was like a military bad butt. <laughs> and another another benefit of the joy of painting is, you know, because it was on PBS stations, because it was provided free, you can still get it if you get a digital antenna and it happens to be on in your area. He showed people who otherwise wouldn't have learned about how to paint, how to paint. This is old people, this is young people, this is people in between. And spreading culture is always a noble aim. And more than that, do you want to get the last point? Sorry, I was looking up Chuck Norris to see if he would fight off Bob Ross in like a duel. And all I can imagine is Bob Ross has his palette knives and his brushes and his happy little afro. And Chuck Norris is trying to attack him, but he keeps getting caught in the afro. Dude, Bob Ross would just stab Norris in the throat with a palette knife, which they're both not as sharp and sharper than you think they are. And that, that would be it. I fully back this. I, I back this. So... <clears throat> he spread the message that you can make the world a happier place and that you can... My phone decided to remind me Cut that, that error, Jillian. Sorry. 
uh, Bob Ross decided to spread a message that you can make the world a happier place and that you can choose to put the joy, put joy into anything you create. And we should all try to be more like Bob. Be like Bob. I don't mean the Church of the Subgenius Bob. I mean Bob Ross Bob. Maybe they're one and the same. I'm still ordained by that church. I am too. Maybe, maybe Bob Ross didn't actually die. Maybe he just ascended with his own personal alien nookie goddess and is living in Bulldada, smoking a pipe and waiting for X Day. There's going to be like five people ever who will get that. Don't don't even bother. The case. Church of the Je- Subgenius is hilarious. If you haven't, it's the only tax. Uh, it's the only church proudly paying its taxes since like the 1980s or something. Hmm. So, are there any pop culture references to Bob Ross that we should mention? Well, there's a Bob Ross meme. Uh, usually, it's him painting, and people alter what he's painting to make it look like scary or weird or funny. Because he's al- he's always been a meme. Right. Yeah, he was a wa- he was a walking meme. I'm pretty sure people like printed up photos of him in the 80s and wrote stuff over it. I I wouldn't be surprised. If if you watch the Boondocks, there's an episode called Riley Was Here and Riley graffitis a guy with an afro and a very calm voice as house and he then gives Riley art lessons and then on the DL takes him out to like vandalize things. It's this like badass Bob Ross, which, you know, it, they probably didn't think that was accurate, but Bob Ross could kick your butt. True story. He was the feature of the Google Doodle from October 29th, 2012. He was also kind of parodied in one of the epic rap, rap battles of history. <laughs> and you can watch his series, Beauty is Everywhere, on Netflix. Aww. There's not a whole lot more to say about Mr. Ross. We were going to end it with a quote. Do you want to... I'll hit it. I got a letter from somebody here a while back, and they said, Bob, everything in your world seems to be happy. That's for sure. That's why I paint. It's because I can create the kind of world that I want, and I can make this world as happy as I want it. Shoot, if you want bad stuff, watch the news. Watch the news. Ugh, so accurate. And you know, another quote of his I liked is, uh, you do your best work if you do a job that makes you happy. (laughs) So, what, what makes you happy? The quote that he said where we don't make mistakes, we just make happy little accidents. Tell that to your two year old. It was just a happy little accident. It's okay, you'll learn to wipe. Oh, no. No. Body training that child will be the death of me. All right. So this, is, this has been Art, I Swear. I'm Vanessa Van Alstein. I'm Katie Gibbs. We just wrapped up our podcast on Bob Ross with his happy little trees. You know what? If you would like some more happiness in your life, you should like and share this podcast or send us an email about how great it is at artiswear at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have any suggestions for future shows, please drop us a line and let us know. I have a feeling that next week's episode will be a listener uh, suggestion. So I mean, I can get the outline done in a reasonable amount of time, balancing my workload. 
So our podcasts are now produced by the wonderful Jillian Gomez. Jillian Yay, has Jillian. a fun band in the San Antonio Austin area called The Flying Buttresses, which is an art history reference. Bonus points if you get it. Our, uh, the intro and outro of Art I Swear is provided by Joe Giggs. Bob Ross and Joe Giggs would have beat up Chuck Norris. If you need to find DJ in the New York City area, check out Joe Giggs. All samples provided by Conan's Iridial Project. <laughs> Bob Ross and Joe Giggs versus Chuck Norris. Who will win? Chuck Epic Nor- battle! Chuck Norris gonna cry. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Get your palette knives sharpened. I'm still mad I never got to go to a monster truck rally when I would have actually liked them. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You didn't need to repeat that. All right, this has been Art, I swear. You guys have a creative day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>